I would sext Tommy Laren. Um, it's just like, it's not even about your looks, babe. It's about that mind. <laughs> <laughs> happening everybody welcome to another edition of the bituation room i am your host francesca fiorentini with you thank you so much for pressing play you know i know it's hard sometimes when like you know all the buttons are close together and you don't know which app you want to go with and i'm so glad you went with the bituation room podcast We've got such a fucking good episode today. To my left is Erin Gloria Ryan. She is the host at Crooked Media of the Hysteria podcast, among other crooked media things. And she's also a writer at Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Hi, Erin. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for being here. My God, I followed you on Twitter for so long. And then you accosted me at a party and the rest is history. I did no (laughs) such thing. And, uh, you know, that plant will be fine. It is well nourished now. That was a good party for accosting, I think. Lots of people got accosted and everyone's happy with it. I didn't get accosted. I don't know if you guys have been reading the news lately, but accosting is bad at a party. Oh, You're not supposed to do that. It's okay that you did, and it worked. Seems it worked out. But it's right like girl on girl accost, though. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between a fantasy and sexual assault, and if it happens in real life, it's sexual assault. Cool. That um, actually, sexual assault mansplaining is coming from <laughs> Brett Ehrlich of the Young Turks. He is a host and producer. He has a show called The Happy Half Hour on YouTube. It's so fun. Thank and he's you. just come from recording it. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing all right. Everyone should also check out the Damage Report with John Iderola, which I also produce, and No Filter with Anna Kasparian, which I do write and produce. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and that's it. And I did those things today. For Brett to play, like, I mean, producer isn't second or third fiddle, but you're playing like five different second fiddles. I just like to play as many stringed instruments as sure. possible. Sure. And that's what I'm doing. And I love it. We start off the bituation room the same way every single time, which is asking our guests and myself, which I do every day, just ask myself, what am I bitching about today? All right? What, what is there to bitch about? Brett, what are you bitching about? Uh, I literally today while driving in the car, like turned down the radio so I could complain about Jim Shuto on CNN. <laughs> Those are the battles to myself, like talking out loud. Like I turned him down because he he asked a guess a question. I like Poppy Shudo. Poppy Shudo in the morning is a great little duo. I really like Poppy. I like Shudo. They're smart people. Okay, so I don't even know that CNN has a morning show. They have so like now that I work on a morning show, so I like kind of listen to CNN on my way in to see what they're talking about. You're talking and, about New Day, uh, whichever one has Poppy Harlow and Jim Shudo, and I call it Poppy Chudo, and it's great. <laughs> And, yeah, Papi uh, Chulo is not Papi Chulo. No, but it's that's all I think the whole. So I'm happy, Papi Chulo driving. And then uh, Jim Shudo asked a question. He's like, you know, there's a question I have for you to one of his guests, whoever it is. You know, I know President Trump started the shutdown. And he kind of lost for the shutdown. But the question I have is, uh, isn't it kind of the Democrats' fault, too, for not kind of going along with this? And he's asking for $5 billion. And uh, they gave him $1 billion. But, um, you know, just why, why are they just going to ask end up with $3 billion? And that'll be it. And I just got so mad. Because, like, what happened in that was the Democrats and the Republicans sat down and unanimously agreed that $1.3 billion was, like, the amount we're going to give to this. And Trump was like, no. And, like, the thing I came up with, like, it's, like, the way that Jim Shudo sets up this negotiation is, like, 
this hat I'm wearing is worth $10. <laughs> now, by Jim Shooto's logic, even though people agree that this hat is $10, Trump is like sitting down and going, that hat is $10 billion. Sure. And by Jim Shooto's logic, oh, it just makes sense that we should end up with a $5 billion, $5 billion right. hat. And under it, there's like uh, three-year-olds who are separated from their parents. Right. <laughs> Forget and, the sweatshop uh, it was made in. And you don't even need a hat. You've got like a full head of hair. I mean, in this reality, of course, that we're talking about. <laughs> but like Jim Shooto himself earlier was like, well, it seems, you know, three weeks ago was like, oh, you know, Donald Trump is kind of eating it on this one. This is the but thing. Three but weeks, but, it's but, all, it only takes three weeks for him to get to, but, well, they're both idiots. This is a stock journalistic bullshit question that it's like, Oh, well, you, uh, I mean, how do you know the moon isn't made of cheese? Have you personally <laughs> landed on the moon? You know, and you just have to fucking ask it because it yeah. appears to be somehow, new, you know, neutral or objective, and it's not, and it's supposed to stir debate, and it doesn't. I honestly think it's because a 24-hour news cycle when you're working inside of it is really fucking boring, and eventually you just try to entertain yourself. Like, I have a cat that gets left home alone a lot, <laughs> and sometimes I'll come home and be like, oh. Well, she took one of the placemats and moved it across the living room. Like, that's what she <laughs> did. There's no purpose for this. That's There's Shudo no just reason. moving a yeah, placemat he, across. He just was like, you know what? I'm tired of my brain working on this. I'm just going to go ahead and move the placemat across the room for no reason. <laughs> CNN. <laughs> this is CNN. We moved the placemat. But I think that's like what's behind the pushing like, the placemat <laughs> one, one inch at a time. <laughs> but I think that's like what's behind the freak out over like third party candidates that have no chance of ever winning like Schultz. You know, I, everyone's mm. like, I'm tired of thinking about everything else. I'm going to uh, I'm going to knock this cup off the dresser. And it's like, why did you do that? It yeah, makes but, no yeah. sense. And then, of course, the 24 hour news cycle is like, yes. The yeah. cup is off the table or the dresser, and then they have to cover it. They lo- oh my god, Schultz just ate but up so much good airtime for the morning shows and all it's shows. It's not a twenty-four hour news. Like it's, it's not like they're talking about the same stuff for twenty-four hours. Spoken it's, by a guy who like writes scripts at three in the morning. I feel like right? true. it's not twenty-four hours. But the, but the first twenty-four. It's hours. just like it's news for a while, and then it's like, well, Rachel, what do you think? Oh, Chris, what do you think? Oh, Anderson, go ahead and ask these people questions. Like. There's a primetime news where it stops being 24-hour news. So there's yeah. like the morning to afternoon news cycle where it's like the the hardworking folks who like in the morning were, you know, when they used to do this, like in the press room. It's it's not like they're, it's all news even. It's just all the same stories. So like they're right. talking about the stories as they are comprised of facts. And then they're talking about their reaction to those facts that are comprised of opinions. But it's the same shit over and over again. And it's like the same stories that only they are talking about. Right. You, but... Like that framing is just like, oh my God, I I know they're going to get to it. But what they've done is ignored their own personal reporting on the situation. And and it's just so easy and so lazy. That's what it is. It's like... You know, I, I know people who produce like news packages. I've got nothing else packages. to say, so why don't I just backtrack on everything I've said? Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it sucks. Uh, that's, that's what I'm bitching about. <laughs> it's a good bitch. It's a good bitch. Aaron, what are you bitching about today? So I watched the State of the Union uh, at mostly for the like crowd shots of like the female congresswomen wearing all white and not reacting at all. It was just like beautiful to me. <laughs> um, but one thing that I, you know, it's I, I don't like the idea of the State of the Union in general, just because like the pageantry and like the kind of choreography of it is like kind of gross yeah faint whiffs of fascism yeah it's like democracy faking an orgasm it's like Mm, yeah yeah yeah. um so but like one thing i noticed was like 
every time Donald Trump would get to an applause line about war, there'd be one guy in the back that would go, yeah, like (laughs) (laughs) who would start the standing ovation. And I was like, that's Bolton. That is John Bolton in the audience. Well, I've been thinking about it. Like I've been thinking about the guy and it's like, is it, is it one guy? over and over again being like so horny for war that he's gotta heal you like before everybody else or is it like are there multiple guys that like just are overcome with how excited they are about this war this war point that donald trump is making um who who are these people uh and can i deport them like that's the (laughs) absolute worst genre of person the person who a starts a cheer b about war c in the congressional chambers, like, what is wrong with you? Right. No, can for I, sure. And can also, I deport them? Can I conscript them? Yeah, can I? Can I eat them? <laughs> I would eat them. Everyone De- needs a hype man. I mean, he's probably like that guy made some money that night <laughs> I, for sure. But also, like every other situation, you like the you guy, you know. Like I've seen, I've seen some basketball recently. Saw the Clippers. Saw the Warriors play uh, the Lakers. Very fun. You know, and like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the, you like, if no one's that's sports. into it, that's not like things that directly sure. like, but if I had <laughs> shitty politics, politics, Venezuela, <laughs> boo, 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 you know, like that is the sound of bomb dropping. Um, the, the reggae horn is just the sound of, uh, drones. <laughs> Oh, Marley's rolling in his grave. They should deport that guy to the country where the war is. Yes. Just so they could just, you know, soak it up and Oh, but he it. loves war. You love it. You wanted to but go. guys, haven't you been on the front lines of battle? <laughs> <laughs> like, that is what it sounds like when you're rushing into the Kandahar Valley. Right. You just hear, you, you, you. Like, that's what they do. They're, they're everywhere. They're <laughs> surrounding. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we want, an army full of yeah so guys. So it's the you guy that you're bitching about. I love this. I just, I can't, I've been thinking about it for days. And it's like the part of the State of the Union that has stuck with me the most. It's like how much I fucking hate the yeah guy. I can't. Like, <laughs> so bro. Get, get out of my country. Uh, you texted me I should do a drinking game for the State of the Union. I did a sketch of it on the show, which was... Uh, uh, I just downloaded a random State of the Union and it was all the super specific things that happened during it. Like, uh, I don't think this will ever happen. Like, drink every time Buzz Aldrin looks like a Southwest pilot like because he had that giant like, <laughs> USA tie. So we did a bunch of that stuff. I love that. I feel like watching the State of the Union, and I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't. All right. I went to yoga. I cooked dinner. And then I like got ready to go out. And I did a show. And fuck the city union. I watched Stacey Abrams' rebuttal or response. I watched Bernie's response. Really liked them. But I was like, I don't, I hear it. I know. Like, I know. And um, I, but I will say that I've been watching a lot of Vic Berger videos. And the state of the union is the one thing that like, it's already been Vic Berger. Like, it's already (laughs) just like incessant, bizarre laughter and clapping and like ovation and just, you know, heralding of this authoritarianism and like very eerie at all times. They sang happy birthday during it. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm not kidding. They sang happy birthday. A kid fell asleep. (laughs) The Donald Trump kid kid fell asleep. Do you know about this kid? The kid who was bullied. Bullied. Right. Yes. Because that's what kids love, where it's like, this kid got bullied, this poor kid. Kid. And, and then he Trump was Trump school. Trump at any, any moment is gonna tweet like, "Well, to be honest, he was asking he did for fall it. asleep. Yeah. I mean, anyone I can see why this kid was bullied. Very low IQ, very very low energy. 
<laughs> yeah, the kid fell asleep. There was like it was there was one of those like those those I don't know if there's a word for it. There has to be like a German word for it where it's something that's packaged as an inspiring story. But really, it's just a reflection of how fucked up our society is. Like there was a little girl that for every oh birthday she had raised money for St. Jude's hospital and then she found out that she had cancer and then all of her friends raised money to cover her treatment what the fuck mm. Healthcare should not be something that people need to raise money it should be yeah Fre- Freiland child like, that's what that is <laughs> it's um, just like sadness at the at the good fortune of others because it's like why is this a thing that even right. needs to happen in, in, in Germany it's like she's just like some kid <laughs> like right. she's fine like she has she walks to a this hospital this is a happy story she, all, yeah, no euro costs zero euro it's very nice um, I the reason I didn't watch also is like I've seen George W. Bush's all of his State of the Unions I was you know very politicized during his administration and I never thought I'd be more repulsed by like sitting there and watching the entire thing until of course now um, and I remember when in during one of his speeches same thing he was like you know this is uh, Juanita I don't know if she was you know Latina or not but like whomever and you know she works three jobs can you believe that? You know, she works all day at a hospital and then goes to a restaurant and then she tutors after that and then sells some blood and like, isn't that great? Isn't right. that the American spirit? It's like, no, motherfucker, that's not the American spirit. That's terrible. Right. What are you talking about? So all of these, uh, yes, the, the Freudian shouds like, of... Yeah, it's <laughs> like if I won an Academy Award for a slow motion footage of me pushing someone down the stairs and they broke their neck and then during my awards acceptance <laughs> speech, I was like, I just kind of admire the courage of this person whose neck I broke. <laughs> It's like, ah, it's so fucked up. And I feel like I'm crazy whenever I'm like opposite of inspired by these things. It's like oh. devastating. No, I think, <laughs> I, I think that everyone, if you watch that and you feel your skin crawl, you know, you still believe in democracy. Like you still have it out for democracy. And that's a good feeling. So all the guests that they bring, it feels like, you know, when like cartel or leaders or terrorists surround themselves with children so that they won't get bombed like that's what it is it's like oh <laughs> i'm just gonna list people so who they're are human nice. shields they're, they're human like shields it's like, saying, and, that's, and there was i love first so of all there, there was an instant poll from cnn and i watched it like after this coverage and they were waiting on their instant poll which uh-huh. was hilarious it's like that's not instant it took like 20 minutes but then the results of the poll were like people so had a positive instant. people had a positive response to this state of the union yeah of course they did because he just said done. like we should be great and everything should be nice and don't invest in me but then this person it's his birthday shouldn't we sing happy yeah birthday? this person survived the holocaust which may or may not have happened <laughs> and this guy saved him like all that stuff like yeah you just listed a bunch of cool stuff of course people are going to be fine with it uh, i am going to move on to what i am bitching about yes, and please. for those who listen to the podcast you know that usually my bitches range from a yoga class i didn't like to Cardi B engaging with right-wingers, to Beyonce. And it's all very, very uh, light. And I've decided to not do that this week. I've decided to bitch about something I genuinely have been annoyed by. And that is people who love AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who love her but do not like Bernie Sanders. Those people who post memes, who retweet, uh, who are like super like fucking inspired by AOC, but do not like Bernie Sanders and they hate Bernie Sanders, they're mad at him. You make no sense to me. And I question your politics. Straight up. 
and I've had some discussions this week and it's been hard and I want to bring these people on board with me and I want to talk to them, but it's fucking annoying me because I feel like their progressivism um, is lazy and selective and they need to do better. I think we need to remember that like the campaign of AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, like all of those campaigns were definitely inspired by and were thanks to some of the space that the Bernie Sanders campaign created and the fact that we are talking about socialism now and that we're talking about Medicare for all and we're talking about tuition-free college, all of these things that the Sanders campaign planted in the popular consciousness. And it's not that we need to owe everything to this fucking old white dude. No, he is Jewish. But like, you know, like it's not, you can't, if you like AOC, respect her leftist politics. She is a member of the Democratic Socialists of America. All right. She has just put out a Green New Deal, which we're going to talk about. Um, She voted against Pago, one of like the three Democrats who did super left. Uh, And and she um, wants to put a 70 percent marginal tax rate on like the uber rich, which is, of course, something we should do. But I feel like there's a lot of liberals. And I, and again, if you know and listen to this podcast, like I'm not someone, I don't believe in woke Olympics. I don't believe in shaming people for their politics. I believe people can evolve. And I welcome with my open arms people who are being radicalized and politicized by this moment. But liberals who are like, yes, AOC, you look good in a pantsuit. I love your clapbacks on fucking Twitter, but I don't like Bernie. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. And I think I'm like, you need, like, imagine AOC if she weren't attractive. Can't, I refuse, I refuse. (laughs) Imagine if she were not a woman. Imagine if she were not young. And like, again, again, all of those things are so fucking inspiring. As a woman of color, I'm like, fucking yes, yes. But I, the reason, there's many women of color who are in power, man. Like, uh, you, you know, and, and they're, they can be right wing, they cannot be right wing, but it's just, it's lazy politics to be, to, to stop at AOC as your meme and as the person who you think is clapping back without understanding that she's part of a trajectory that we've been moving towards in this country. So that's where I'm at. Can I float a theory? I feel like there might be, I think that the, the Venn diagram of people who like, I, I, the, the disliking Bernie, but liking AOC thing, I feel like it might have something to do with, and again, this I'm pulling it 100% out of my ass, but I think that there are some people who were, during the course of the 2016 campaign, maybe wounded by or who didn't understand some of Bernie's support or who had people who supported Bernie respond to their support for Hillary in a way that they interpreted as sexist, even if it wasn't. And so I feel like sometimes I think there might be a group of people who would accept Bernie's message if it came in a package that was closer to Hillary. For sure. And I and I'm not and again totally Which out of my Which to me ass. still feels superficial. It is and, it is. And, and it I, is. I do think that like yes there were some inside campaign legitimate sexism. We've seen the reports about this, the assault and uh, within the campaign, right? That if, if he runs again, needs to be addressed. Those people cannot be in power in his campaign. And I think that the women who came out and spoke out are so fucking brave and I appreciate them. Some of them said they'd still support him. Others are like, you know what? I can't, you know? The online shit, I don't even know what to say. Like the online stuff to me is like, None of that is actually real. <laughs> right. Well, and I know like they're a, real people, but I, I, I just feel like yeah. it is, to me, that Sanders, is, his campaign has always been about 
not making it about him. And that's what I think is hard for like mainstream politics is like, but make it about you, dude. And why aren't you like a hot young woman of color who's like, you know, from the Bronx and like knocks on doors and is really inspiring. Like, like about the like wear hoops, you know, right about like the it's just so hard to tell. Like we, you know, never before in the history of the world have we had access to so much information with so little idea as to what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. So you see these stories about like Bernie Sanders and people within his campaign, and and it is easy to, and not just him, but like anything. I, I literally don't know how many people believe anything. Like QAnon, mm-hmm. how many QAnon weirdos are there that actually genuinely believe that? I don't know. I know that under every Donald Trump tweet, there's Too nine thousand idiot fuckers. Yeah. I can't. I, so program not to curse uh who 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 like that instantly nine thousand people okay so that's nine thousand there are what 300 and whatever million people in america but it's so easy to overrepresent that in your mind so that's mm-hmm. one thing and i genuinely it's not that i'm, right. defen- so I'm definitely the, not the idea defending of the any bernie bro bernie who's an bro- asshole yes i think they're all like, assholes for I mean, sure is overrepresented online and and i agree with that but in terms of like, but another trick of campaigning in politics is to like have to deal with the, the like knee jerk instinct reaction to like mm-hmm. what I think of someone when I look at them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it, and it's and it's a tough sell because if people do like AOC, I don't want to alienate them by saying, you know what, you fucking idiot, you should like Bernie. And that's not what you're saying, but it's no. hard for them not to take it that way when you say it. it no, is no, but night- I'm not. No, I'm not. So let me just say that like it's annoying to me that some that we can depoliticize everything to the point where we say, well, fuck Bernie. And I don't, I know, I just don't like him. And yet I like AOC. In fact, I love AOC. Yes, AOC. Like that to me is laziness and it's okay to be lazy, but then, then take a back seat, man. Like, just like, like slow your roll because, and again, what I'm saying is I welcome people to get on board and really think about, um, capitalism and problematize class and as a route toward getting racial and gender equality and climate justice and some of the visionary things that we've seen in the green new deal like i challenge us to actually be more radical with our politics and i think aoc and we'll see maybe she endorses kamala tomorrow i eat every word i've just mentioned and she might but like I do think, and I'm not saying she would endorse Bernie, and who knows about Warren? You know, if how many uh, IDs she's claimed Native American history ancestry oh. on. But it's just something that's like, come, come into the fight, join us, because especially women of color and especially women who are working on the ground understand how class and race and gender are all intertwined, and how if we don't radically transform this country to work for working people and poor people. And we don't actually problematize billionaires and the 1%. We're not going anywhere, no matter what the fuck your package that you like is. Mm -hmm. If we don't address what happened in 2016 and how we elected an authoritarian because we didn't like the neoliberal centrists who ran a shitty fucking campaign, then we need to like, yes, who suffered sexism, all that shit. But it just, mm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm I'm a big bitch today. I'm with you. I'm I'm totally with you on like the instinctive response to all these like facts on the ground. And what you're pointing out is absolutely right. And I think it does boil down to like, ugh, Bernie, this guy's fucker ruined it for me. Um, By doing what? Like being in a primary? Like, yes. And one thing that Americans hate is like telling them you have to do this now. And I'm saying a lot of people, more people liked Hillary than like Bernie, period. It was, she was more popular. She won. She more won the primary. Votes. Um, 
but she didn't not with young people though not with young people and she she didn't she didn't motivate she's a low communication politician there's high communication politicians donald trump bernie sanders aoc kamala harris there's low communication politicians and those and cory booker even, i was just gonna say cory booker i was gonna lump kirsten gillibrand into the higher communication politician people she's, uh, but she's in between when she talks it sounds like a human being but like cory yes. booker sounds like he's like all right how do i do this cory booker's a duck my friends are in medical school. They they told me this thing about ducks. They're people who on the surface are like super mellow, but under the surface, their legs are kicking like fucking crazy. <laughs> and that's exactly Cory Booker. He's done it forever when he's running into burning buildings, when he's like going on food stamps to demonstrate it. He just tries too hard. But yeah. I just think with like AOC and Bernie, t- AOC's great because her ability to like memify everything mm-hmm. gets... Clap back. Is, the clap back is taking the opportunity when attacked to be like, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the let's talk about it can include like, it's like Bernie also says you should watch his response because his response was the only one that night was who was like, I'm a person who just listened to a speech. (laughs) And if you heard it the way I heard it, this is how you should respond. Am I wrong? And pass the pastrami. (laughs) <laughs> well, I have like one, one more thought, though. I, I feel I I hear you on the AOC stuff and I worry that she's going to get Audrey Hepburn or like Helen Keller, where like they just remember the superficial thing. Like Audrey Hepburn was an incredible humanitarian. Sure. Nobody thinks about that. Everybody thinks about her in Breakfast at Tiffany's. They don't even remember that Holly Golightly was a tragic figure. You know, they just remember the most superficial of so, superficial things. Same thing with Helen Keller. They just remember she was blind and deaf and learned how to communicate. Oh Not God, that yeah. she was like an incredible political mind. So I, I think it is really important for people who were on the ground and who were connected with her politics before she was the package and through which they were delivered to continue to like reiterate that message, even though you're going to have to be a little bit of a nag. Let's move on to the sitch for the week. Ba-da-ba-da-ting. The Green New Deal, uh, a resolution that was just dropped today, um, came out. It's basically uh, a massive proposal to um, rein in climate change and to also bolster the working class. You got a federal jobs guarantee, massive infrastructure build out, like lots of light rails, probably a lot of mono rails. I mean, hopefully not Simpsons like all the rails, <laughs> just many, many rails. Um, but it's an amazing, it's only like a couple, two or three pages and it's like, doesn't beat around the bush. All right. We got 12 years to rein this in. Um, the uh, climate change is affecting poor people, the most people of color, the most. Um, and we hear our goals. And the goals are like zero carbon, like carbon neutral by 2030, which is insanely ambitious, but also on par with what, you know, the UN climate report recently put out about having 12 years or whatever to get ourselves in order or to zero. Um, It also has like ideas for implementation, uh, meaning they're going to consult with the ideas to consult with frontline communities, labor unions, worker cooperatives, civil society groups, blah, blah, blah. Um, It's pretty fucking bold. Again, this was co-sponsored by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Markley? Is yeah, that actually Markley, used right? to be a kind of dinosaur when it came to climate stuff. So he's made quite a turnaround. A, f- a fossil and into yeah. the fossil oh, fuels. The fossil got reanimated. <laughs> I love it. And now he's, it was preserved perfectly in amber. <laughs> right, and so they were able to make a whole, what, what's his last name? Bingo. Dano DNA. They just made a, par- they made a park of him, and now there's a bunch of them running around. <laughs> It's amazing. And then one day it all got do out you, of control. Do you, know, do you know how much I've like 
put that in a pocket of my brain. That quote that you just, I just like we tucked it away. We pull the DNA out of the mosquito land. Bingo. Dano DNA. I say it all that I work with John Adarillis every morning. It's, hello, John. Hello, John. Are you doing the dinosaur from Jurassic Park every morning? I'm doing Mr. DNA. I'm actually doing John oh, yeah. Hammond introducing a bunch of cloned versions of him Jesus every morning. Jesus Christ. Whoa, <laughs> so off topic. But yeah, so it's that's good, right? I mean, that's a sign that you're kind of bringing old Dems on board. Yeah, that's absolutely good and surprising and noteworthy. Yeah. It's, it, it taps into the like best of times motivated by the worst of times right (laughs) very true to get us out of the worst crap they were like let's think big and what's wrong with that what's really interesting to me about it actually is that it feels i guess it's maybe because um of my like personal situation like i am not like a blue collar worker and i don't i'm not a labor union organizer but the the stuff that felt more radical to me about this proposal was the stuff around jobs. It was like not just problematizing climate change and how it's going to kill us all, but like how work has become devalued over the last, you know, few decades, how um, labor unions have been decimated, people don't have organizing rights. And I was like, oh, 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 oh," you know, like shit, you know, don't get all like, you know, Haymarket Square on me. Like it was really, really left. And that was insanely inspiring how it's like these two things go hand in hand. We need to bolster the working class, make work valuable or, you know, help them help folks with unions and at the same time rebuild the country to have like, you know, you know, like withstand and prevent further climate chaos. Right. Have trains that work so that we don't have to fly. Indeed, which would be cool. I I just, I I read it and I had a couple immediate reactions. First of all, this is obviously just a framework. This is a resolution that they hope will lead to some form of legislation that will be longer than three pages long and will ostensibly contain more specific details about how exactly to implement plans or what these plans are. So there's a good start, but one thing that really jumped out to me was that there's nothing in there about family planning. Mm. And family planning is globally one of the most important components of stemming climate change. When women can control the size of their families, when they can control the timing of their children, uh, they have better health outcomes, uh, which means that the labor of the medical profession is more is used more efficiently. They uh, use fewer resources and they live longer and are happier. So, I mean, the U.S. Or don't is, feel bad about never having kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, the yeah. U.S. the U.S.'s situation is our birth rate is falling and it's low. But one of the things in the document was that we would be a global leader, and one component of us being a global leader would be to make to help enable people in developing countries to, if they want access family planning resources and that's mm. something that i think is a is a big miss in the in the in the resolution as is hmm. i say add it like just let's yeah, do it and, I, and, and, and free honestly condoms. we're in this conversation now like this yeah. is a thing that we had a uh, jamie raskin he had he kind of ran on this he was on the, the show today he's a and he he ran on this two years ago and he's like i just it's, it, let's let's look at everything as a version he said i don't talk about climate change as an issue i think of every issue because it plays out under the entire context of climate change this giant it gives us an opportunity to see you know this is the future of the planet and there's very important things that revolve around that like humanity surviving but even if you think that that argument is a giant crock of shit we're gonna get you a job and 
We're going to make it cleaner around. We're going to make less smog happen. Yeah. Now we're on all politics is local. This is a, this is making your city cleaner immediately. Right. You I mean, know? that to me is where it sort of coalesces with women's reproductive rights and the rights of children and families is around like the health of communities and um, cleaning up waste sites and um, and all that and making sure people ensuring that there is a right to clean air and water as part of sort of like a human right. Mm -hmm. But are you saying that sort of the leadership in like a, like a little bit of a population type argument? I think, I think that the, the, the conversation around making contraception available and low cost to anybody who wants to use it should be part of it mm. uh, globally. Mm-hmm. I think it should be, it should start stateside and there's tons of women in, uh, you know, mo- a lot of states only have one abortion clinic, but <laughs> even more places have women have to jump through a ton of hoops in order to get a doctor prescribed yeah. birth control. Like that's fucking garbage. Like there are yeah. people who want access to contraception should be able to have it. And it should be at very low cost to them. I think we need a new deal for women as mm-hmm. well. Like I think in addition to, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I, I hear what you're saying and I'm, I'm, especially the global thing. I'm like, Oh God, we, we haven't even thought about what we're doing globally. Like we've dropped our Paris climate agreement, you know, which I don't know, maybe there is like a piece of the Paris climate accord that has that, but it's hard for me to focus externally. But I do think that like part of this, I think, and, and part of like helping the value, um, helping like workers actually obtain a fair wage and, um, join a union without retribution or whatever, like all of that I think will inevitably and disproportionately help women Mm -hmm. specifically. Yeah. And the same thing with like cleaning up cities, cleaning up neighborhoods, making the world less toxic. It disproportionately affects women. Right. It's like environmentalism and feminism really should overlap more than they actually do. But you don't really hear a lot of people talking about the way those two things are kind of intertwined. But like specifically, you know, if you live in in a neighborhood that's polluted by a nearby factory or whatever that doesn't have to clean itself up, um, your outcome of pregnancy is probably going to be impacted and that is going to affect the, you know, the cost of raising the kid and right. the cost to the community for educating the kid. And there's just this domino effect when like women aren't protected from and pollution. The, the term mm-hmm. for, I forget what the like name of the specific particular, but the term, the medical condition of losing a baby through certain kinds of particulate matter that gets into your system when you're pregnant and you lose the baby, it's literally called spontaneous abortion. So this is like, for the pro-lifers out there, like right. this is a way to <laughs> stop abortion technically. Yeah. And by allowing, by saying, I want to get rid of all the regulations that are strangling industry, uh, you're being pro-abortion. So would mm-hmm. you, I mean, you got to pick one at that situation. And then with the Green New Deal, this is a way to say, That's just we Jesus still want a factory in your town. We mm-hmm. still want some some kind of energy, like we want a job in your town. That's this is the New Deal. I don't know mm-hmm. if you heard about the original New Deal, mm-hmm. but it created a shit ton of jobs. Like seventy five million. Yeah, but wouldn't it Dude, be? I'm awesome looking forward to the to the artist jobs. You the know, artist. <laughs> yeah, the federal theater project. Someone's gonna have to paint all those. The trees. federal writers project. We need mural. We need yeah. We need we need murals on the side of our rails. No, but for realsies, dude. For Canada, reals. Canada has a situation like, gives artists grants and like look how they have a disproportionate share of like actors considering there's only 30 million people in that country. Rick I know Moranis they come alone. here yeah. stealing our jobs. Yeah, fuck that, <laughs> Gosling. I'm sorry, I think you were going to talk and I interrupted. Yeah, no, you. I interrupted uh, you first. No, but like we but, want we want a factory in your job. We want we want a job in your town. Um, we just want it. Wouldn't it be awesome if it didn't kill your kid? Yeah. Like and and I I want them to have to respond to that. They're gonna say, well, I can't. You know. 
we, we we're going to, de- I mean, we're eliminating any, we don't have a dependence on foreign oil, but like, wouldn't it be great for us to just completely eliminate all the crap that's poisoning you and give you a job? Like we that's have people like too pro-life though. They're not that like half into of, life. <laughs> <laughs> half of TYT's employees are from Pennsylvania for some reason. They it's all like random. are Pittsburgh they kind of people. Wagons? Yeah, they did. They're from uh, Pennsylvania. Everybody's leaving Pennsylvania. That's right. why they're from there. It's a it, great place to be from. Exactly. Are they and from Pahilly? They're, I don't know. They're, they're like downtown. Um, <laughs> it's a Pennsylvania accent joke. Uh, anyways, but they just, they're, they're like, we don't, we just want jobs, dude. And we felt like Hillary kind of ignored it. Mm. We didn't like Trump, but he was saying things about j- job stuff. And Hillary said she wants, she, you know, we, we didn't get anything from her other than she were with her. Yeah. Trump wishes he, he thought of this. <laughs> but this is a way to say well, there's jobs you think Trump, on the way. You think Trump will be like socialist once he leaves office and like when he's writing his um his memoir from jail? He's such a socialist. He's probably re- relied on so many like government handouts to keep his companies alive, like all the bankruptcies he's filed. It's, Those are socialist very true. programs. So I just want to say to give a shout out to the Sunrise Movement, which has been pushing the Green New Deal, staging sit-ins and protesting in many different cities. There's going to be a whole rollout. So it's not... So, I mean, and this, this I think is an important to understand in, in terms of the fact that it's just a resolution now, but that the way that political change happens is usually that there is pressure on the inside of government and there's pressure on the outside of government. And Sunrise has been putting this issue on the map and they're, again, rolling out a campaign. They're going to be in 15 different cities. I'm not sure if AOC will be at them, but, you know, keep a lookout. But it's always important to know that there's a one foot in and a one foot outside of power. And that's the only way we're going to win is if there's people on the streets, people willing to to lock down, people willing to protest. And so just kudos and hats off to those folks because you're fucking inspiring. And I love you forever. And February 14th, Varshni Prakash, co-founder of the Sunrise Movement, will be back on the Damage Report again. So she was at the State of the Union invited by I think, remotely. Uh, yeah, remotely. Can we fly her in? I'd love to. Okay, because she could be on the show and then she could be in your show too. Okay. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, so the other thing that happened is that um, all the headlines were ablaze. All the 24-hour news cycles were excited because it appears that Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, once again, quote-unquote, threw shade um, at the Green New Deal um, because she said... Well, you know, it'll be one of several, maybe many suggestions that we receive. I believe this, the sort of climate uh, committee, climate change committee, whatever that they're mm, Which creating. AOC is not actually on. Which she's not on, right. Love to be. I think she might have been invited and she, said she, she said no. Would yeah, not. she turned it down because she had too many other committees. And she oh, was really? like, I won't be able to do my job on these other committees if I oh. take this thing. Okay. I wouldn't be able to clap back so hard, girl. Yeah. And Nancy, you know, we both need this. Um, <laughs> so she said, then she said, yeah, yeah, the green dream or whatever they call it. Nobody knows what it is, but they're, they're for it, right? Dude, I love green dream. It's like not quite the sativa hybrid <laughs> that I want, but it's pretty awesome. And uh, I don't know. Is this, is this uh, uh, okay? Is for- this shade? First of all, the person who used shade is someone who has no business using shade. It's Chris Eliza <laughs> at yeah, CNN. Actually, Many like, people said shade, but yeah, CNN's, back to CNN. Okay, let's bring all, it full circle. Under, first of all, nobody <laughs> understands what fucking shade is. If you've seen Paris is Burning, they very clearly explain <laughs> that shade is the act of telling somebody that they're ugly but not actually saying it. It's like mm. a tree blocks the sun. The tree doesn't put the sun out. The tree just kind of stands in the way of the shine. So shading would be Watch Paris is burning. certain people 
You know, certain people seem to have big dreams, but I tend to live in reality. That's fucking shade. If Nancy Pelosi had said that, that would be shade. But her saying, acknowledging the existence of the thing. First of all, that's not, you, you can't do shade while acknowledging the thing you're shade. I don't think Pelosi. Bullshit. Pel- no, Pelosi's she, being an asshole. I think that Pelosi. Yeah, I think Pelosi. No. I th- no, there is no way in hell you can convince me that Nancy Pelosi takes this seriously and wasn't intentionally shading. I fucking hate Chris. Here, here, he was me, almost my bitch. Let me, let me, let me, let me uh, be a little bit of an arbiter here because I'm, I'm in between. I think Pelosi definitely doesn't understand how shade works, even though her shady little clap at the uh, State of the Union was good, but she wouldn't call it that. She doesn't really know what that is. So totally, she's not actively understanding, um, trying to beat someone. But, she's not. But let me just say that P- Pelosi... We've seen the video. All of them hates when people protest her. Hates it. And the two groups from the left that have protested her from the movement movement left um, are the Dreamers and climate change activists, the Sunrise Movement. And therefore, in her mind, she hates. You see the video. She's like, "Stop it now! Stop it now! It's stop it now! You just stop it now! Stop it now! Stop it now!" It goes on for like a minute. Stop it now! It's like they've stopped. <laughs> Why are you still going? And and like, so her saying green dream is basically like, I lump these immigrants and these climate justice activists together because I don't remember. And like, the, I just remember they protested me. Sorry, Sunrise Movement also sat in her office for many hours. AOC came to speak to them. So it's like signed for me, saying Green New Deal on them. It's not obvious shade. It's just, again, kind of old lady centrist shade, which I I don't appreciate, but I don't think it's as malicious. Yeah, it is one hundred. There, <laughs> you can't say Nancy Pelosi is the shrewdest politician in the history of the Democratic Party, which is said by many, and simultaneously say, "Oh, she just kind of misspoke about the Green New Deal." <laughs> so, like that, it is a hundred. They sat outside, and she, that's you can't say that they sat outside protesting her with signs saying Green New Deal, and then say, "Oh, she just got the name wrong." It is intentional belittling, a hundred percent. You know what? I I don't. I, you could be right, and I could be. Yeah, and compl- there's no I, way for me to know. Yeah, for there's sure. no you're way for either right. of us to know for sure. But, but you're my- making unbreaking eye contact. Brett. It's very disturbing. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm like, feeling very. Yeah, yeah. I don't like, really. I don't actually approve of white men making unbreaking eye contact on this show. So just yeah. look at the if ground and It's like I have a three second max, and then <laughs> and then you have to take a break, and then you can <laughs> exactly. come back. Um, but, but what I was going to say is, here's another theory. And I'm not insisting the right. Here's another theory. I think that Nancy Pelosi is not the most savvy Democratic politician ever, but I do think she's pretty savvy. And this iteration of Pelosi for the last few months has been exceptionally good at reading the room. And I think that for her to be that dismissive of something that, that that's that popular, that has that is spearheaded by a politician that is as popular as AOC, is political malpractice at this moment. And I think that even though Nancy might not be completely ideolo- ideologically on board, because I can't say how she, I don't know how she feels about this, but even if she's not on board with the Green New Deal, it would be so dumb for her to in any way alienate people who like AOC, because I feel like after the State of the Union, as as artificial and silly and superficial as it is, she ha- the people that were excited about her were also excited about AOC. Like people were like, it was cool to see like powerful more, women, more liberal people. I definitely, yeah. I was, I was not like I, I will, I respect Pelosi. I don't want her as speaker, and I don't like, I don't like her. I just, I don't hate, but so, I, I definitely right. don't like. And I, I, and I wouldn't like again. I'm not. I would never talk. 
that much shit without actual like without backing it up. Right, right. I I, I think, but I I think that she has demonstrated over the last couple months that she's very savvy. And I think that a savvy politician would not alienate AOC and Green New Deal fans at this point. Now, she could be she could be making a they dumb... They did the sit problem, in her the, office, though. I mean... She's vindictive think, as F. I, I think... So she's vindictive. Yeah, no, she remembers. I don't... I don't I, again, one, I just think that Pelosi wants to restore normalcy. And normalcy for leading establishment Democrats is not at all who who don't even give I mean people like Sanders a time of day you know I, I had one interview with Sanders and the only thing that I asked him was like do you think that a democratic establishment is on board with some of your ideas he was like uh some are yes mostly it is a not <laughs> <laughs> it was great and so she doesn't that that is no bueno she doesn't like that and I think she wants to restore normalcy the problem is I disagree politically with what normalcy means mm-hmm. in 2019 i can see that i but i i'm i'm seeing what what she's displaying publicly as something that's different than that i f- i feel like she's getting a taste of people actually liking her and kind of liking it yes. and i she, think but people have liked her during bush man it is people totally during- different it's totally different now i think that she's mm. kind of like i think she's kind of easing into a little bit of an rbg moment in that she's sort of becoming this like pop culture darling for better or for worse and I think that she is being made aware of it, and I think she likes it. I RB, think she, keeps, she doesn't go up to the heels of RBG. I'm sorry. No, but uh, I'm just I'm, I'm saying in my the way that people but, are celebrating. But I think her. she could throw down. Listen, if she wanted to make herself like that enshrined in, like you know, um, whatever in our political culture, I agree with you that like so far with the whole like, oh, Nancy's so toxic. From what she's done. Actually, it's shown that she's she really is savvy and she's not toxic. And like she she's kind of the, I mean, when when you lack adults, having Nancy Pelosi, the fucking adult in the room is very welcome. And I think everyone even from the right can see that, like even the Republicans, I think, can understand that. So I totally agree with you. I think that if she I do think this was a little bit shittier than than maybe than you're giving her credit for. <laughs> and she says the same thing about Medicare for all. Ask her about Medicare for all. I've been marching against Medicare or I've been marching for Medicare for all since you um, like since you were in diapers. She, she So I read that um, in print the other day and it was like, oh, in an interview with Joy Reid. And I was like, what? Oh, I saw that exact same quote at a press conference. It's her line on Medicare for all. I've been marching for Medicare for all since you in, were in diapers, which is actually a total evasion of one of the issues that's the most galvanizing for progressive Democrats. And she doesn't pick it up because she really actually is much more to the center than progressive Democrats and doesn't necessarily want Medicare for all. Her people, again, they are advocating for incremental changes and specifically begging pharmaceutical companies, which I don't know how they're going to do it, to lower the prices of drugs. That is liter- that is their strategy. Yeah, but at the same time, she put AOC on two really powerful committees that freshman congresswomen never get put on. For so sure. she is obviously, you know, it, the jury, I would say, like, let the jury be a little bit out. So he, it is it is the, like, Cersei Lannister, like, Power is power. And she knows that AOC has power. I don't get that power. reference. Uh, oh, there's a whole thing. It's I don't like, watch is... Game of Thrones either. So le- I'm just going to go. Hi-fiving Aaron gonna go. right now. Gonna... Uh, basically, it's a, is, is, is military might power? Is money power? And she just says power is power. And so 
in my experience watching Nancy Pelosi, she does shitty little stuff like this. Little petty vindictive shit like I forget who it was and I wish I remembered, but there was someone who was in line for the oversight committee or the whatever and she did not offer them because that person challenged her. And she's like, you're just not on the committee. And that's that is Nancy identifying like when she can just fuck with someone and this was the one time where nancy felt y'all motherfuckers were outside my goddamn yeah. office yeah clanking your pots and pans and and this new little shit <laughs> had the gall to come to the queen and protest me with her green dream <laughs> like that you that's know, what it and I, I think that's what it is so what if this is just the end of it i mean this could just hurt let's say that it was shitty maybe that's the oh, end no, of it no, no, maybe no. it, it is just the if it an aoc's yeah, interview with chuck todd, chuck todd today she was really like complimentary of pelosi and oh, like you know oh, she, oh aoc on the other hand i was like how's she what's she gonna say what's she gonna say what's she gonna say she said i accept your characterization, her characterization of the green dream as a compliment. It is a dream. And like, oh my God, what a way to handle that. And again, again, listen, I am someone who believes that AOC is not our fucking, she's not the silver bullet that we need. In fact, we she should inspire so many more AOCs to support her. I don't want to send her like a fucking left canary in a coal mine to die while we don't support her. I don't want to put all of my eggs in her basket. I want to support and have many, many baskets. Please go with me on all five of these metaphors. Right. Yeah, I get it. I, I like, I, lo- I love when I hear like AOC is all about herself because she's been on TYT since like, but like we had her on damage report like the day before she the first people to cover her campaign she you guys covered her campaign i covered her campaign she she put it on facebook she goes isn't this so surreal that my campaign is being covered on those videos that you see on facebook girl right yeah four months later you didn't you don't even know what happened to you and so it's like we need to also remember she's human that she needs our support and and i don't know i just got on a tangent about her i'm sorry but just because because we can say like no, she's like that. She actually gives it like she mm-hmm. really is. And it's and it's amazing because like my brother has been in politics, like worked in politics, worked for governors and presidential candidates and all that stuff. And and he issued some reservations. And I was like, I can assure you. She's a real deal. She's actually she's just like she loves well, all this stuff. Here's here's my problem with AOC. And it's not her fault. I think that the it her prominence betrays the media's lack of imagination. Like there are a ton of women that just got elected this cycle that are really inspiring and interesting. Lauren yes. Underwood in Illinois fourth, I believe she Sharice Davids, a lesbian Native American MMA fighter in Kansas. Yes. Like Deb Haaland is really inspiring. Ilhan Omar is really inspiring. There are a lot of women who just got elected for the first time who have similar progressive politics and who maybe aren't as like, you know, drop dead camera gorgeous, but who have a lot of interesting things to say and who are fresh and new, who I wish we were hearing from a little bit more. And that's not, again, it's not AOC's fault. And when, and when, but I do uh, think the fact that we even like have had glimmers or like we know who they are is Rashida is like partly thanks to the fact that of their <laughs> politics, it's thanks to their politics and, and thanks to I think AOC also using her limelight to kind of shine that on other people. But I love that we've turned what I usually call because uh, we're almost towards the end of this episode and I don't I just don't want it to end. I want to do one last segment. Uh, just see if we have time. We'll we'll make it real quick. Just a speed a speed game of sex elect overthrow, how we end every episode of the Bituation Room. Uh, who would you sext? Who would you elect? Um, who would you just send to, you know, the nonviolent gulags, you know, which is like um just just labor, hard labor, 
um, ber- mostly giving birth to a child and then working <laughs> and trying to f- raise that child. Um, have I mentioned the gulags are mostly men? Uh, okay. <laughs> there are three little darlings of the right, the far right. Um, some of them have been anointed by the president himself. Um, some of them have received money from right-wing think tanks like uh, the Robert Mercer Foundation and all those pieces of shit. Um <laughs> Some of them just sort of announce themselves and uh, have been in the in the sort of like um, shit beer float of the right wing have have risen to the top Um, (laughs) because if you are mildly good looking and have unpopular opinions, you're pretty much famous if you're a right winger. So three, those three people are Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA, whose big thing is that there is not enough, there is no free speech on campus anymore, and not, and that safe spaces are bullshit, and so he needs a safe space from the safe space, and um, women and people of color are keeping him down, and uh, he also gets money maybe from like the Trump organization, we're not really sure. Um, Charlie Kirk, Candace Owens, who is... Kind of like a, the non-famous Kanye West in terms of being super MAGA, uh, you know, black woman who's like, the Democrats have been lying to you forever and ever and ever. I'm cute and I'm probably 21. I don't really know what I'm talking about. Um, love me. And then you have a girl who threw both of those former two people under the bus. She Cardi B'd them and she dog walked them, even though she was then dog walked by the actual Cardi B, um, which is Tommy Laren. Um, You might know her uh, as the Barbie you didn't play with enough as a kid. <laughs> all right. It's your fault. Or you just left her naked. She wanted clothes. She wanted a pussy hat. Um, Tommy Laren, who doesn't actually like Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk because she accuses them of like alienating Kanye West, which is the funniest fucking right wing infighting ever. Who would you sext? Who would you elect? And who would you overthrow? This is a very tough addition. Okay, first of all, I take issue with one of your selections and the characterization (laughs) thereof. Uh, Charlie Kirk is not good looking. He looks like, have you ever seen the movie Drop Dead Fred with Rick Mayall? He looks like Drop Dead Fred when his head gets enormous and his face is small. That's, that's, that's Charlie Kirk. He's not attractive. He looks like it's, he's like an Incredibles character. There's tall. another Incredibles character who's got like small facial features on too big of a palette. Yeah, yeah. It's it's disturbing what's going on in the cephalization department there. Um, but I would say his his facial features needed. Who's that Argentinian? The one Eric, I don't know. It's like a South American painter who all all the people were just like. Like the rich abnormal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's but listen, his face facial features need safe space from um his ears. <laughs> Look, it's it is rude to insult people's opinions, but he's fucking ugly. It's rude. But it's I'm, his opinions, therefore he's ugly. Right. But right. you ugly boy. Like I don't even mean to insult your politics, but you're ugly. You <laughs> ugly. Like yeah. Anyway, so but but by that token, um, I think he's the one that I would sext, um, just mm. because it'd be funny, mm-hmm. you know, because I would I could make it weird. I could make it pretty weird totally. in a way that would make like his bow tie spin around, sure, uh, or his like glasses fog up, or his monocle right. pop. I don't know what he wears when up, he's at home. Up you now, yeah. Wears his, a monocle, but over his asshole. Boom. <laughs> up, up you now, up me now. <laughs> Eggplanters. 
Yeah. So. <laughs> it would be like a lot of peaches and his then like... penis wears a monocle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he gets a sex. Uh, so uh, that's the person that I would sext. And then I would elect Candace Owens because I think that she has no sense of self at all and she's extremely uh someone that you could influence through flattery mm. i think that she's not hardened and like if you just kind of kind of wormed your way in you could kind of you could kind of become the the hand of the queen to mm-hmm. use a, a game of thrones reference i kind don't of, watch i'm not familiar <laughs> i kind of turn her oh, i thought you were doing like a like a the favorite reference yeah it could be that too the hand of the queen in a totally <laughs> different way. Uh, but, and then I would, I would banish Tommy to a gulag. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's already living in California, which is basically how. Oh my God. Like Dallas, it just had better food. <laughs> Everybody loves that famous Dallas food. Uh, it's so, it's really ethnic. Yeah, mom. No, it's going well. No, it's not an ethnic neighborhood. <laughs> I saw a black. I saw a black. People were speaking undocumented around <laughs> around my house. Well, that's your landlord, and they were speaking Spanish, Tommy. Well, you know, she's awful. Anyway, she does not have a Latino landlord. <laughs> I mean, lots- she is in downtown LA, looking down at like the homeless encampments. And just Mr. Burnsing her hands, just so happy. Just like tenting her fingers. She's just tenting her fingers and like peeing through a cone out like the 42nd door <laughs> onto the world. Sorry, I don't know why that's so weird. That's this is this is really also bizarre. like I this love is that. Very she has a falcon. Su- in this, this is very superficial and mean of me to say. And as a feminist, I shouldn't say it, but I'm going Damn. to. Uh, I was covering CPAC in 2015, and she was on this like panel. This was before she totally. She was at OAN at the time. This is before she blew up. Wow. And I saw her at a panel. And after the panel, I saw her walk away and her hair was like fried completely. So it was like broken off, and I could see where all the extensions were attached from behind. Yeah. Trash. Fucking trash. I mean, like, especially because it's like, she, what the fuck? It's it's from dyeing her hair. So, I'm sorry. She can grow her hair. What the fuck is wrong with her? She's well, just from dyeing her shit to too much. You don't dye it that much. Yeah. You don't. It's bad for your scalp and your hair and your brain, apparently. <laughs> Dude. Um, Brett? This is very close to my list. I wanted to sext Charlie Kirk because I just want to see how uncomfortable he is when I walk up to him, take one finger, and just use it to touch the tip of his penis. <laughs> and like make three second eye contact Ew. and hold it for another three seconds. Ew. And just Not two on this fingers podcast. to my eyes, two fingers to his <laughs> eye, fingers still on the tip of his dick. just being like, like on the urethra? Yeah, like right on, and then maybe scratch his, the chin of his dick a little bit. <laughs> And be like, Charlie, I think this could work, bro. I'll, I'll, let, I'll buy you a new set of Kanye's. Of his monocle dick. <laughs> his monocle it's the funniest dick. thing ever. It's, yeah, just put my f- under it like it's Rodan's Cheer sticker. up, bub. Um, <laughs> You'll get hard one day. So uh, that's the number one. I would flip Candace and Tommy. Uh, huh. I would banish Candace wow. because she needs some a retreat time after she did get like turbo owned in the wake of the Kanye sitch. <laughs> right. Um and then Tommy I had seen in a in a number of videos before she had her time. Like she just wants to be loved, you know, and I would elect her and I think like just that attention I could turn her. I could turn her. 
you know you're like i feel like you're like a lot of dudes on the left who are like yo like i could turn tommy like once i like red pill her for good like what the actual red pill is like not what like the right wing is said it but like the actual like the blue pill the blue red pill yeah the purple pill i guess yeah at that point don't do it you're gonna get into a toxic relationship oh you can't change her I can't change her, but sh- uh, yeah, no, I get it. And there's like Fame a lot of Fame could change her though. Fame could. Yeah. And I don't think that... Erin's yeah. not wrong. I think that's really true. That's I, true. She really does want to be loved. I saw her when she got... When fucking Chelsea Handler gave her the time of day, which is also like, yeah, anyway, the whole thing at Politicon. And she was so excited that Chelsea Handler was talking to her and there were like 400 people in the audience listening to whatever the f- bullshit that came out of her mouth. Um... Okay, I don't know. Uh, I <laughs> God damn it. Um, Charlie Kirk is a white man. He's the most dangerous. You have to. Um, you have to uh, pacify. None taken. You have to. None taken. Totally. He he is the biggest threat at this point. Twenty nineteen. You guys are still out there. And once we have captured you. No, um, <laughs> don't talk about the plan. I'm a white man. I just, for those of you who Quite, hadn't gathered it from no, the Game of Thrones he, reference. He of all people who could ha, can survive all kinds of dragging and whatever. He is like, I don't know, 18 at this point. Um, the dude has a long evil career ahead of him. And I would definitely um, uh, neutralize that threat and overthrow him. Um, I would sext Tommy Laren. Um It's just like, it's not even about your looks, babe. It's about that mind. <laughs> it's about that big, beautiful brain. Like you I wish some good points. I wish, like instead of like breasts, I could just feel up on your brain. <laughs> um, I would sex her that, and uh, I, I would elect Candace Owens, first black woman. Uh, you know, she's probably got to be a Republican. Um, and, uh, I agree with Aaron here and she, you made some very good points. She's malleable. She's young. You guys, this has been such a fun episode of the Bituation Room. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. What should we know? What do you guys have coming up, Brett? Uh, watch the happy half hour, subscribe to us. So happy half hour, no filter, the young Turks, all that stuff. Damage report. How can we follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Brett Ehrlich on Twitter. I was liked by Clark Gregg today. I got a notification. I didn't know I had activated notifications by him, but I will name drop Clark Gregg. Colson, agent Colson from Marvel stuff. Oh, uh, also white male, also white male. That's fine. That is very fine. <laughs> Cool. I would expect nothing less than, well, I guess there was a woman in the Marvel movie, but cool, cool, cool. Aaron? Uh, I host Hysteria. You can subscribe to it. It's back. Comes out on Thursdays. Season two, three? Season two. Uh, we have a really fun group of women this season, so uh, tune in. And then uh, I guess like watch reruns of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> until we start making new episodes again. <laughs> Fuck yeah, gladly. Um, thank you for being here. I'm Francesca Fiorentini. Follow me at Franny Fio. Tweet me. Let me know if you're listening. I haven't asked for that, but do it. Rate this podcast. iTunes, five stars. Tell me why you like it. Just like palm the keyboard. It doesn't even need to be words. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. You, did you like that? Okay. <laughs> Sounded pretty desperate. Good. All right. And remember, don't just bitch about it, guys. Be about it. Bye-bye.